Healthcare is rapidly changing. Innovative technologies and new treatment paradigms are changing the way we tackle the world's pervasive health issues. I'm Alex Godin with Oxner Health in New Orleans, Louisiana. Join me as we go inside Louisiana's largest healthcare system, where we discuss new ideas in confronting these healthcare challenges. We talk to thought leaders and healthcare experts to explore the latest innovations in patient care. Welcome to Innovation Health. Back pain and its related symptoms are among the most frequent medical complaints in our country today. In fact, about 80% of Americans will have back pain at some point in their lives. To discuss this prevalent condition, we sit down with Dr. Christine Keating and Dr. Nathan Harrison to talk through back pain causes, treatments, and pain relief programs available to patients today. Welcome everyone to another episode of Innovation Health. I am really excited for today's conversation. I have Dr. Christine Keating with me, our site director of the Spine Center and medical director of the Healthy Back Program. And I have Dr. Nathan Harrison here as well, senior physician in pain management over at our Covington facility. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to start out to get the ball rolling and have both of you just explain to everyone listening kind of what it is you do in your practice, your kind of day to day and what you're treating, what kind of patients. So Dr. Keating, if you want to just kick us off here. Um, yeah, sure. I'm a physical medicine and rehab doctor. So um, that for people that don't know is kind of a non-operative musculoskeletal. I do a little um, kind of a combination of non-operative ortho, a little rheumatology, and it's called the f specialty of function. Um, so in my day-to-day, -day, um, I treat people with back pain um, as early as acute back pain and helping with the diagnosis, a lot of um, helping dispel some fear and anxiety, which is a big part when people have a, a flare of back pain, as well as dealing with some chronic back pain and helping people um, deal with some of the treatments and returning to function, even though their pain's not going to necessarily go away. Great. Dr. Harrison? Yeah, so uh, I'm... And I consider myself an interventional spine specialist and, and pain management. And uh, my background is in anesthesiology. And then we mm -hmm. do a, a fellowship in pain management. And probably 90% of what we see in pain management is, is actually back pain, neck pain and back pain. So it's, oh, wow. it's spine. So uh, in, in my day-to-day -day practice, I see patients that uh, usually have had chronic issues. Uh, there's some some acute, but but often chronic, and uh, they've tried some of maybe the conservative things, and they may need further treatments with different procedures. And we do some uh, medication management and kind of kind of the go between between deciding, hey, can you continue on this conservative path, or do you need to have a, a surgical procedure? And we try to keep people going by. Uh, managing them conservatively and non-operatively. So actually, before we started recording, Dr. Keating, you kind of told me a great stat that I didn't know about saying that back pain was one of the most common reasons um, to visit a provider, to visit a doctor, which I'm sure people listening, like you guys are saying, most of, most of us probably do suffer from um, back pain. So I'm curious to know, are there common causes for back pain? Is it usually based out of an industry, uh, out of an in injury, or is it just the wear and tear of, you know, using that being physical? That's the most frustrating thing for a lot of people because most of the time it is not an injury. Every oh. now and then there'll be a car accident, but most of the time you just wake up one day with back pain, um, or it's just kind of this gradual onset because it's not one thing that we do. It's really the 
fault of all the things we do in life, including mainly sitting too much, bending too much, um, not keeping our back muscles strong and sitting with bad posture. Most of the time we flex our spine and we're not sitting the way we're supposed to. And that leads to more degenerative changes. But it's it's not one thing. And that's it's a hard thing for people to grasp. Um, but yeah, 80% of the population has bad pain before the age of 40. And thinking from a high level, you know, say you're suffering from back pain. Um, Dr. Harrison, how do you know when your level of pain is abnormal or is concerning versus just maybe, you know, this is typical soreness you would expect in day-to-day life versus something like, okay, I need to see a specialist? Yeah, so I, I think I think most people will, will uh, as, as we get older, we say, we're going to have aches and pains right. and, and you think, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll live with this for a little mm-hmm. while. I've had this before, it'll go away. But when it starts to uh, affect uh, your work, mm-hmm. your ability to concentrate, affect your ability to function, your ability to exercise, your ability to sleep, I think those are when we say, you know, if this is not going away after a couple of weeks uh, and it's getting worse and starting to affect those those kind of aspects of daily life, then that's when when I would say most people would say I need to, to seek treatment. There are people that will live like that for a long time, though. And then there's other people that uh, the first sign of pain, they'll, they'll come in. But I think most appropriately is, hey, this is really starting to affect uh, my, my normal functioning. And that's when I need to go check something out. This isn't right. Definitely. I'm sure it's just really hard even mentally having to deal with that pain day in, day out and, and pretty exhausting, both physically and mentally. So when you do recognize that, okay, this pain is you know impending on my daily lifestyle, what is a, a patient's first step? What's their entry point? How do they know where to go? You know, um, oftentimes the entry point is their primary care. Okay. You know, mentioning it to their primary care and they'll either get x-rays and send them to physical therapy and then they often just send them to the spine center to get in at that entry level, um, seeing a physical medicine or a nurse practitioner um, and kind of starting that workup um, process. And that workup also uh, often includes x-rays, not all the time, often, sometimes they're not needed, and getting them into physical therapy mm-hmm. and um, some anti-inflammatories and things to help their pain. The important thing um, is to make sure we don't, we don't want it to get chronic. You know, you don't want it to be to the point where it's um, so bad. So sometimes earlier treatment is better than waiting until you can't take it anymore. So I kind of want to look at kind of two sides. I don't know if this is even kind of the right way to approach, but looking at managing back pain and then strengthening your your back to maybe prevent that pain. So from a pain management side, what are some you know approaches or interventions you might suggest for a patient suffering from back pain? Yeah, so it depends on uh, where in the process they are, uh, where in the kind of the, the course of their back pain. But uh, like Dr. Keating said, getting them into physical therapy and starting to work on that. That's, I, I tell anybody with back pain, that's, you gotta be doing that no matter what. So uh, now there are things that we can do that if you're having difficulty even tolerating the physical therapy, because sometimes it's it may cause more pain at first. Oh, really? And we say, uh, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't even bend over to tie my shoes. I, you know, I can't put on a shirt. So, so if the, the pain is limiting them to be able to do some of the exercises that we need to help them strengthen, then there are, uh, there are different procedures that we can do. And so that's pretty much where, where uh, pain management comes in. We can 
maybe do a type of steroid injection or some type of procedure for the back that's minimally invasive that can alleviate the pain. And it may not be a cure, but at least get Mm -hmm. them back into being able to to move better and then start down the the path of, okay, now you need to go back to to looking at your posture and ergonomics and your workspace and your activities and and start to strengthen and, and, and build back up because turns out you've got some degenerative changes in your back and they're going to be with you for your life. So you need to manage those. That's a terrifying thought with you for life, but it's good that we have practices in place to make that feasible and to make that something that is easy to live with. Um, when I when I say for life, I mean, it doesn't mean that you're going to have pain for life. Right. Uh, degenerative changes, I kind of think of them, I tell people it's due to, to birthdays and gravity because we all <laughs> get it over time and it's... Uh, it's there, and, and maybe you don't you didn't have any pain, and you're 55 years old, never had anything in your life, and then one day you wake up with some pain. We get some imaging. Wow, you've got some ho- horrible changes in there. That didn't happen yesterday. It's been there. Building up. So so that means that just because it's there doesn't mean you're always going to have pain. We can do some things to 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 manage this and hopefully get you back to where you're not experiencing uh, symptoms from your ge- degenerative changes every day. That's where the managing the fear and anxiety and the perspective comes into play. Okay. You know, if they're told, oh, you have a disc bulge, you're, you know, if someone doesn't really explain that process, that it's a degenerative Even to me, that that was just, that made me nervous just hearing that. Um, And oftentimes people come in and they, you know, I'll see them 30 years later and they'll I was told I had a disc bulge. I can't exercise. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they they get told these things and it perpetuates versus this is a normal change. You can see it in people without pain, trying to get them to understand because fear is a powerful thing. And if you're afraid to move, then you get stiffer, you get weaker, and you have more pain. Mm-hmm. It is a vicious cycle. So, you know, it kind of all goes together. Um, but you got to deal with the education to minimize the fear and anxiety because otherwise that can be a debilitating part of the back pain. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely, I definitely see that fear and they, they, they don't want to participate in any activity. Sometimes it's, uh, I, I, even from my own experience, having maybe one episode that was so painful, they say, I don't ever want to get back to mm-hmm. that again. I'm not, not, I'm not feeling that now but I'm not going to do anything that gets me back there. And they're afraid to maybe take the step to, to do some of the activities that may get them back to even better functioning, but they want to remain sedentary. Right. And even for myself, you know, to me, your back, your spine, that's an intimidating thing. Just thinking of how, you know, necessary that is for your movement. So I can totally understand that hesitation. Yeah. There's Um, lots of fear of paralysis, not being able to walk later in life. And, And so, you know, that, that can be very limiting. And so I feel like the education is an important part of it. Absolutely. So you mentioned, you know, that, that bulging disc. And um, I meant to ask this earlier, but what would you say are the most kind of common types of back pain people experience? I feel like I hear the term slipped disc tossed around all, all the time. <laughs> and I, I don't know what it means. <laughs> but is that... I don't really know what it means either. <laughs> I, I know. People say, got a, they said it was slipped. I don't even know what they mean. Because there's a couple things it could mean uh, technically, but but honestly, it doesn't mean anything. I hear it all, kind of oh, like I have the a slipped same... disc. 
Yeah. There's another one. You I know what I'm going to say. They're going to come in and they say, well, I have sciatica. Oh, my and, goodness. And I don't even, you know, there's not really, that's not a diagnosis. That's a symptom. Yeah, I have butt Dr. Like Google me. lets us know. Right, right. right. <laughs> but the term sciatica is really one of my pet peeves because people call all different kinds of things sciatica. And they're like, is it my sciatic nerve? My butt hurts. It's like, well, no. Probably not. <laughs> could, could be a lot of things. Yeah, it could be a lot of things. See, this is interesting. We're busting some back pain yeah. myths here on Seriously. Innovation Health. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I hear slip disc all the time. But is it more like muscular pain people are experiencing or is it the spine itself? That's what I'm like. So wondering. people argue what the pain generator is in the spine. Some people say the disc. Some people say the disc doesn't cause pain. Some people say the joints. The disc can be a pain generator. The joints can be a pain generator. Um, you know, they did, and this is into the healthy back, there were some studies that looked at the multifidi muscles and did muscle biopsies, and they found that everybody that had back pain, a lot of, a group of people that had back pain had um, weakness of those muscles. And so strengthening those muscles helped the joints work better which is what happens with all of our joints. You know, if you have knee pain, it, you know, if you strengthen the quad, the knee works better. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's really important and it all kind of goes together. So there are many things that can cause the pain, the nerves, the joints, the discs, the muscles. And it's often really hard to find which one is causing their pain. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, like Dr. Key said, there's so many different things, the muscles, the joints, the nerves, the the disc uh, and patients can get frustrated because they say, well, I can show you exactly where I hurt. It's right here. There's a lot of causes of back pain. It doesn't necessarily tell us what's causing what's directly under your finger does not mean that's what I, I'm going to be able to tell you what it is. Um, so that's, it can be difficult to, to, to diagnose it. And, and then we use, we use the history of what's mm -hmm. been going on. Uh, we use imaging, sometimes uh, other diagnostic nerve tests or uh, e even injections. If you, if you put some numbing medication around an area that you think may be the, the cause of the problem and it feels better, hey, we have a better answer. But uh, the, the, the challenge is uh, to being able to diagnose what is causing the pain. And that way you can treat or fix the pain. And I'm sure it's nice for patients, though, because at that point, you really are on this journey together. You know, like, I can't tell you what exactly it is right now, first appointment, but I'm going to help you figure it out, and we're going to improve your quality of life here. Another thing I've heard tossed around a lot um, that I'm just curious about is voluntary back surgery. What? Yeah, like when you elect to have a back surgery um, because you have back pain, like how common is that intervention? Like, okay, we're immediately going to go into back surgery. So, so uh, Dr. Keating and I both looked at each other. We, don't know, <laughs> we haven't heard of voluntary back surgery, but... Oh, uh, I've been hearing it a lot. Really? Okay. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things I have not heard of. Uh, but I would say more commonly, somebody would say like elective back Ele surgery. Yeah. And that just means, well, I'm trying to decide whether or not I will have surgery. Uh, we work very close with the the spine surgeons, mm -hmm. and there are times where uh, somebody has pain, and we've tried just about everything, and they say, I cannot live with this pain. It's in my back, and it's in my leg, and we've determined that, let's say it's a, 
a disc pushing on a nerve. Mm -hmm. And the solution may be taking pressure off of that nerve by removing part of the disc or part of the bone. Um, that may be elective. You don't need that because uh, it's pain. You could live with it. Uh, so we may say that it's elective. It's not going to kill you. There are times, though, that there are emergency back surgeries and surgeries. You need to have this done. The, mm -hmm. the, the nerve is pinched so much that you're starting to become weak. And if you don't intervene early on, you may have a permanent weakness, especially if it's something that's involving uh, your, your, your extremities, uh, cervical spine. It, mm -hmm. it, you could affect everything from your neck down, lose the ability to walk and use your arms. Those are surgeries that, hey, you need to do that. Otherwise, you're, you're, you could have permanent deficits. But most of the other back surgeries are elective. Mm -hmm. We say, hey, this doesn't need to be done today. But at some point, it might need to be done. And in that respect, it's elective. And, and the then, surgeons at Oshner are great, and they all make sure people have tried conservative treatment first because that's always the first line. Mm -hmm. And you don't find any of them really rushing somebody to surgery right. um, unless it's an emergency that needs to have the surgery. And so kind of that brings up the point of like, how, how do we work on strengthening our backs? Dr. Keating, you mentioned earlier, you know, it's so important to keep your back muscles strong and to have good posture. How can people listening do those things and improve their posture and improve their back muscles? Well, the main thing to improve posture is becoming more aware of it. Okay. You know, we sit so much and um, when we're sitting in, at our offices and our computers and these days sitting from at home, um, we're not always sitting in a very ergonomic situation. Um, so it's important to kind of maintain the normal curve in our lower back um, instead of flattening our backs. And so there are um, some lumbar roll pillows and, and things to kind of help you maintain that. Um, but I tell people to set alarms. Um, you need to set mm -hmm. a, if you're really trying to fix your posture, you need to set like a five minute timer. So when you're working and it buzzes and it just rotates, you're like, oh, where am I in space? Because you're going to go back to your normal posture. And usually it's forward, hunched over oh, the yeah. computer. Um, and then taking standing breaks. Um, you know, in today's world, most people are working from home. And so they're no longer taking those natural standing breaks to go ask someone a question, um, to go to the water cooler, to do those things that they would have just taken that break mm -hmm. from sitting. And so they just send an email. And so people are sitting longer without breaks. So making sure you time breaks um, in your sitting. And then these are just good habits. Um, and it's just standing, stretching, and getting back down. Um, you know, the pandemic has been really hard because people are no longer walking from their car into the building. They're no longer walking. Um, around the building. And so it's just more sedentary activities. Um, so that's really important for day-to-day -day activity, strengthening those back muscles. Number one, we need to get our kids working on better posture because once they get inactivated, meaning that they're not used to working anymore, it's really hard to um, get them triggered again. Um, because if you go to the gym and try to strengthen your back, do an extension, oftentimes you end up using your button legs. But really strength training, resistance exercise um, is a very important part in keeping our whole bodies healthy. You know, there's so much focus on cardiovascular, which is important, but the resistance exercise and really going to the gym and not um, necessarily um, uh, 
CrossFit, but, you know, doing <laughs> gradual strengthening mm-hmm. and, and slow controlled movements and trying to really isolate those muscles um, and getting a full body strength training program. And it's interesting you mentioned, you know, we've all heard of like tech neck, you know, we're looking down at our phones, we're hunched over our computers. But, you know, these days, a lot of our kids have tablets or, or, you know, like they have, they also have devices from a young age. So I'd be interested to see, you know, any long-term differences if, oh, you know, we're yeah, starting I'm to see. I'm kind of worried about that. Uh, yeah. Me too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, looking at the kids just doing this all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, you probably see this more than I do, even just these people that will say, hey, my neck's been bothering me. I'm looking at my tablet all the time. But desk jobs. Uh, most of my neck pain patients, I say, what kind of job do you have? And they're like, I sit at a desk. And uh, so that's more common than, oh, I, I I lift heavy things and I turn my neck the wrong way. It's just that. Which is so interesting because, yeah. you know, a lot of times you think, oh, back pain, someone who has a really physical job, you yeah. know, but it actually is so interesting how now we're all just sitting. It's, it can be kind of corporate in yeah. that way. Yeah. But yeah. I've seen the, um, the, you mentioned posture, like I've seen the little devices. I don't know if these actually work. So I was like, I need to ask her about that, that they say you put them on your back and oh, it'll beep at you to straighten up. I don't have one. I've always been curious that that's actually effective. I've never tried one. Um, I have never heard positive things about them. <laughs> you know, most of the braces, I mean, there are all sorts of posture shirts mm-hmm. and like the um, a brace that goes around your shoulders that holds you back. But it'll hold you back, but it it's almost uncomfortable. You know, if you're bracing all the time, then you're fighting that brace. And so Tense. it can be more uncomfortable. And then as soon as you let go, your muscles aren't trained to do the job. You know, you, the little white device is more training your muscles, but those braces don't train your muscles. I've heard the little thing on your back drains your phone. People don't use them. It's Never hooked up to your phone, huh? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. Everything's hooked up to your phone. Yeah. yeah, your Apple Watch will say, stand up. So that actually probably is useful. If you listen to it. Yeah, a lot of people, or even myself, I'm guilty of just like, I wave it around or I like ignore it. You know, uh, you were talking about getting up uh, during work. Uh, some of these big corporations have listened to their physicians because they want to decrease the number of days people are out of work and the insurance uh, that, that they have to pay for these uh, back issues and so some of the big oil companies i know that they put timers on and they make people get up and stand up and walk around before they sit back down even even corporate uh and you know engineers and that's that's great i've heard it mainly with engineers i mean because that's such a logical uh uh, well process management and efficiency (laughs) when they are in a task they lock into it and so you know you have to find some way to get them out of that super intense focus and so closing out their computer does it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah because they they might just want to say hey i'm gonna just yeah, gonna power, gonna through, power through three more hours of this and yeah yeah so working on the corporate side of oxter it's nice because we actually do all have um standing desks at our desk like little varied desks so we can stand but that's um, great I've seen also Oxner too and I want to want to have everyone hear about this is the healthy back program um so what is that and, and who's a good fit for that so the Healthy Back program is a physical therapy program that really fun- focuses on strengthening the muscles. Okay. Um, it is a very active physical therapy program. Um, 
and it's been here since 2012. Um, and it really, you know, the it's based on a lot of McKinsey stretches, so some extension and some flexion, you know, really using people's movement preference because people usually have back pain either sitting or standing and using those things that aggravate it to find things that make it better. So the Healthy Back program is anywhere from 10 to 20 visits. For employees, it's 20 visits. Um, the first visit, they actually test your back strength, okay? Um, and it's really trying to isolate those muscles that I told you are really hard to isolate by um, taking the legs out of it, making you use your back muscles. And so you test their, their back strength, and then we work on increasing their strength by increasing the amount of weight they lift and the number of times you strength. I want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm sitting here like, I wonder what my back strength uh, is. <laughs> It is a full body strength training program. They also give you stretches and things to do throughout the day, just like we've been talking about, Look, working on posture, trying to get people in better um, habits and categories and habits throughout the day. Um, it is best for chronic back and neck pain, lower back and neck pain, or recurrent back and neck mm -hmm. pain. You know, that acute flare up that's 10 out of 10 and um, can barely move is not gonna tolerate the healthy back program. Now they might benefit from it later, but that acute pain is not really um, best. They need to get into therapy right away and work on some pain relieving techniques um, with just traditional physical therapy. And that can be really helpful for them. Um, so chronic back, back and leg, neck and arm, you know, we do radicular pain too, because um, they can work on trying to centralize the pain. The therapists are great. You know, we've really worked at the healthy back to try to um, bring health coaching as well into the physical Ooh, therapy cool. so that they have, um, you can deal with some of the anxiety with back pain along with getting stronger and getting people exercising again. Which, I like that you mentioned that because it really is, to, and I feel like it can be an afterthought. You know, I never would have really thought about how prominent the impact that your back pain can have on just your anxiety and that fear level. So I love hearing that's part of the program. Yeah. And some people choose to uh, talk about weight loss. Some people choose to talk about um, anxiety and fear, you know, but it's there for people to address those other concerns that they have um, because it really needs to be a holistic, you know, as we've been talking about back pain are these mild degenerative changes. We're trying to teach you how to manage it, but then you've got to keep doing all these things because if you don't, it's going to come right back because um, it's not really, those degenerative changes aren't going to go away. The things we do in life mm -hmm. are not going to go away. We just need to work on what we can do to be better about it. It sounds like a great program and I think it would benefit a lot of people. Yeah, it and I, I just wanted to mention, uh, this is something that I've wanted to get my patients involved in for quite a while ever since we've had it we started it out with oxner employees at one time and i was sending patients from my covington area down to the south shore but it was really hard to to get people to do that because mm -hmm. people don't have the time to do that but now we have a site in covington oh. and i've had quite a few patients and especially employees being able to do that and I've had three people this year say, you know, this has changed. This has been a total game changer. I think this is very unique because there are a lot of physical therapy offices, stones throw away from wherever you are. But this is a really unique program to say, hey, this is this is kind of the, the next level. Yeah, physical therapy uh, is perfect for that, uh, you know, very formal physical therapy mm -hmm. to, to, to address an acute, maybe acute on chronic issue. But then what do you do long term? And I've had people say, I thought I was going to be living with this back pain. You know, we, we may do some procedures and they say, I don't have as much pain, but 
is still kind of lingering there. And once they get moving and say, I didn't know I could move like this. I, and, and that may help some of the fear too, is like, I, I can actually do these exercises. I thought I, I might not be able to do these. And now once they move more, they feel like they can do more. We've had um, people that were very bent over with their back pain be straighter um, when they finish. Or even maybe stand a little taller. Yeah, stand a little taller. Um, You know, and we do have locations in Covington, in Baton Rouge, um, on the West Bank, and at Baptist. And soon we'll have one in Slidell as well. So Slidell Uh, is going to be the next location? That is on, yes. Um, And I'm not sure the opening date for that. Um, But, you know... Distance is an issue and, you know, we want it to be convenient because there's really nothing convenient about physical therapy, just taking that time out of your day. Um, But it really is an important part of it. So having it a little closer is important. And it's like you said, Dr. Harrison, I mean, the the patient's having to drive, you know, sitting in your car for 45 more minutes with your back pain isn't going to help. So it's nice (laughs) to think that, you know, again, that this closeness, this availability and the access, this incredible program is, is amazing. Um, before we wrap up, I have to ask one more question. Um, just cause I'm curious, we were busting some back myths earlier. The last one I want to know is cracking your back bad for you. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, I, it, I, don't I even mean, know it's if, popular. Everyone uh, on the internet is so satisfying that back crack and I'll, I'll crack my back from time so, to time. So I could give you an answer, but I will tell you that, uh, <laughs> these are questions that we never address in medical school or in fellowship. <laughs> There's not a chapter on like back cracking, good These or are bad. Internet questions. Yeah, but uh, I, I think generally cracking is usually a joint kind of mm-hmm. uh, releasing air. Yeah, releasing yeah, it's just some, the sound some, of uh, nitrogen. And I don't think it's bad per se. I mean, if if somebody gets obsessive about it, you know, like you see somebody cracking their knuckles. You may get some more wear and tear there, but I, I don't. I think a little bit of back cracking is probably fine. It depends on you know, are you having a three hundred pound guy stand on your back and really make some noises? Might be a little dangerous. I have seen somebody suffer a compression fracture of one of their vertebra when somebody tried to crack his back. He oh, said no. this guy was really big. So something aggressive like that. But if you're twisting and turning, it makes you feel better. I think it's fine. It's not something that you have to be concerned like. The, the next time I do this and I hear a pop, am I going to be paralyzed? Nothing's moving out of place. Like if you pop your back or when the chiropractor's, oh, I put that joint back in place. The joints aren't going out of place. Um, <laughs> See, I don't, li- I don't like the sound. I, ooh, it gets, freaks me out. I mean, the spine is a very stable structure. <laughs> okay, that's good to hear. So now I don't have to feel as guilty when I twist my back from time to time. Uh, well, thank you so much, Dr. Keating, Dr. Harrison. This has been great. Um, great conversation. And hearing about the Healthy Back program is awesome. And I'm excited for our listeners to, to learn more about that and be able to maybe take advantage of that. So thank you both. Thank you. Thank you very much. As we just heard, your spine is the pillar of the body. And without proper care, back and spine-related pain can become a significant obstacle to everyday living. With a comprehensive treatment approach, patients can focus on active recovery, restoring spinal motion and strength, and ultimately getting back to the activities they enjoy. To learn more about Oxner's Healthy Back program, visit oxner.org and search Healthy Back. Thank you for joining us on Innovation Health. I'll see you next time.